right, so this is uh, episode number one of the Drive On Podcast, and it's a pleasure to have uh, Melanie Ross Green join me. Good morning, Melanie. How are you? Good morning. It's great to be here. And welcome to Napa. Oh, thank you very much. It's, it was just so it's just so great to be here on the Miramichi. I'm just delighted. Well, we kind of uh, had to juggle some schedules to get you here, but it was nice to you know you're only here for a short time, so it's great to have you here. Yes, they say we're here for a good time, not a long time. There you go. <laughs> and it's been a very busy summer for you with the um, the virtual. Uh, Miramichi Folk Song Festival. Indeed. Uh, really, it was such a great pleasure, but I started working on that after speaking with Susan, and the Miramichi Folk Song Festival is the longest consecutively running Canadian folk song festival. So when COVID happened, um, we were talking, and I said, really, we need to do something to keep that going. That's a really big distinction. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, came up with the idea of a virtual festival and then had to figure out how that was going to work, and uh, not my skill set. I'm not a computer person. I'm not an editing person, um, but but uh, it was such such a great pleasure to be in contact with so many artists and over 50 people. Just and Of course, it was emailing, calling, messenger, yeah. uh, texting, however I could get a hold of people um, and organizing that. And then in the end, after collecting all these videos and sorting everything out and formats and everything, um, I was really fortunate to have Shayla Morag Steves of Red Bike Way of Life. Okay. Uh, she helped me out to compile that into the festival, and it, it was a great success. We had, I know our, our numbers were over 10,000 and maybe, nice. maybe more, which is amazing. It, it, yeah, very nice. And it's it's kind of interesting that uh, you got Shayla involved because she used yes. to be a, like a summer neighbor of yours. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah. she'd, she'd be uh, my neighbor in the summer. We've known each other goodness since we were babies and so she used to sing in the festival as well and she's related to John McKay and Robert McKay and, okay. and uh, she lived in uh, where Davidson's funeral home is now in the back road for yeah. anybody who's from Miramichi yeah. so she used to live in a house there and uh, we would spend our summer singing and she sang at the festival so when I asked her she was just thrilled to be involved. Nice, very nice and like you said many folks involved and uh, uh, I was able to catch a few of the, the, uh, yes. the performances and uh, you know just to what a great idea to be able to keep it going. Well, it was wonderful because we really need, in these times where we can't gather, we can't be together, we, we need to have some sort of cohesion. And that's mm-hmm. why when I contacted people, they were thrilled to, even if even if it was a little bit daunting because they weren't into making videos and all these yeah. sorts of things. And now it's still available for people to see. And they can go on YouTube and they can select different people if they want to see Wade Hallahan or they yeah. want to see Ivan or Vivian Hicks or they want to see Shayla Steves or they want to see, you know, uh, Frank McKibben or Steve Heckbert or anybody, they can just click on that and, and it's available. So it's a it's a really great resource. Very nice. And the folks that were lined up for the festival this year, yes, uh, they've all committed to next year's yes. festival. Yes, and we're pretty excited because David Francie is going to be our kind of our extra headliner. Now, of course, the focus of the whole festival has always been Miramichi mm-hmm. because as it was started by Louise Manny, um, uh, even even Pete Seeger contacted the festival at one point to say, hey, I'd like to come and, and perform. And Louise yeah. Manny has sent something back in you know, nice, beautiful handwriting because <laughs> I saw it in the archives saying, well, I'm so sorry, but uh, you, you can come, but you can't perform. <laughs> because this festival really, the core of it has to be Miramichi. Miramichi people, Miramichi topics, things about Miramichi. And that's what makes this festival unique uh, outside of, there's all kinds of folk festivals out there and they yeah. all have a focus, you know. Right, right. And uh, But I think, the key to the Miramichi is having that local, authentic, traditional, you know, uh, approach. Sure. And what what's nice is that uh, over the last few years, um, 
Susan has been able to uh, incorporate like a um, um, an opening show. Yes. So that allows you know folks you know like bigger names mm. you know uh, well known names to come in and and kick it off. Well, the biggest one was Natalie McMaster, mm. and the city came in big uh, with supporting us on that one. That was really fantastic, and that you know attracted a lot of people. Um, so those opening shows are really important to to bring people in, and then they can go oh. But there's this local person and there's that local person. Exactly. So it brings them into that whole feeling. Plus the, the, the festival's feeling is of a community. Mm-hmm. So over the years that I've been performing, and I, I hate to say it's probably 40 years now, <laughs> which sounds daunting, but yes. Um, you know, I've seen people come and just sort of, they're driving through and, oh, there's a festival. And all of a sudden, well, this is a yearly thing for them because they feel yeah. like family. They get welcomed in for the luncheons. They get welcomed in for the breakfast. And Susan is, you know, makes quite a point of keeping in touch with all of these people. And she's been key in making those people feel like they are family. Sure. And uh, she works hard at it, too. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah, yes. for sure. Well, let's, you know, you had mentioned that uh, it's you've been a performer with the festival <laughs> yes. for a long time. And and we should uh, mention that, uh, like we mentioned about uh, Shayla was uh, uh, a neighbor, summertime yes. neighbor. And, you know, you were just down the road from me on the yes. old King George Highway. But uh, uh, we're both graduates of uh, Miramichi Valley High School in yes. 1988. And it seemed like once, you know, uh, even though we're just down the road from each other, uh, you know, you you left. I, I yeah. kind of came and went. and but uh, so <laughs> Made I just your wanted... way across the river to nap, and that's a big leap. <laughs> well, that is a big Love leap. Love does that to you, John. Well, there you go. You know, it's, <laughs> I was very fortunate that uh, a friend of mine that I went to college with in Moncton uh, was going out with a friend of Tammy's. And it's a funny story when, when he said, hey, I, I know somebody you'd, you'd like to meet. And I said, oh, really? And uh, I said, where does she live? And, and he said, Napping. I said, oh, way out there. <laughs> Across the bridge? Yeah. What? You know, you have to leave Newcastle and it's like way out there. But no, it's, uh, as you can tell, I, I kind of have a goal. I'm trying to get back on track, but from where we live here, yes. uh, I try to walk to the highway and back. So that's kind of my goal to get a little bit back in shape. So that that, uh, my closer getting to 50 is less like 70 (laughs) where yours is more like 20. So (laughs) I'm going to come be interviewed every week. (laughs) So what, what, you know, like, okay, let's go back here for a second because what I can remember, uh, when you stood out is, you know, St. Mary's church, Newcastle, you know, in the choir and doing those, you know, solos and things like that. Uh, what, got you interested in singing? Well, really going way back, my dad's family is very musical and they would get together, especially in the summers, all the brothers would get together and play music. And I always felt kind of shy because I, believe it or not, I know, knowing me now, but (laughs) I'd sort of sit in the corner, I'd watch that and just really enjoy it and, um, and just sort of take part sometimes, but just sort of singing harmonies and that sort of thing. And honestly, when I started the choir in St. Mary's, I was still kind of shy. And I was a bit, I don't know, on the perfectionist side, but I do remember mouthing the words to make sure I wouldn't make a mistake. So when, when Father Jerry asked me to do the solo of the first time, I was like, I think there's somebody else out there he really means. Because <laughs> I had a very expressive face. So I was like, I've totally duped this guy. <laughs> but now I've got to deliver. So um, so anyway, I guess uh, I guess just being involved in music and, and as part of the church too, I mean, that adds a whole other element, right? But um, yeah, and just, uh, there's just something about music. It doesn't matter what kind of music it is. It, it's, uh, 
it's just very special to me and through my whole life has been something that that I just just gravitated towards and really wanted to do nice and you know it's funny you mentioned father father jerry white yes uh you know it's it's amazing the names that you forget yes but he he really brought music to the church at that time well he brought the bell choir so i i don't even know if the bells are still there but um he brought the bell choir the choir and then when he left um i had no idea how to direct a choir i again i not my skill set right so uh i just remember saying well someone has to do it so just starting and I think that was through grade 10 11 and 12 so I conducted the choir and people came together and I did a little hand waving and (laughs) yeah so on so no he really did uh, bring that back so he was a very big very big uh, proponent of that and then my I also had a really neat thing happen which was uh, Dr. Malcolm Brown whose wife was from uh, Chatham here, Uh, he was a professor in Calgary at the University of Calgary, and they came back here and retired down in Lower Newcastle. Okay. Um, And he was related, his wife was related to uh, Rob Curry, I think his aunt. So I'm trying to think of her name now. I wish I remembered that. But but in any case, they retired here and they lived here for about three years. And that just happened to be when Father Jerry was here and he knew Father Jerry. And so then Father Jerry arranged for me to have lessons with him. So I took lessons with him through really from grade six to grade 12 really and uh and then moved on to mount allison university okay. well not i actually no i he moved and then i started taking lessons at mount a and okay. um billy Hashi's daughter karen was taking lessons okay uh violin lessons there so they were driving her down every two weeks so i just hopped on board and took voice lessons and then oh, nice. yeah so yeah, so it kind of continued through that, and then I then I went to Mount A and studied classical music, and mm-hmm. kind of moved on to some different styles from there. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So that's that's where you got your training. You know, yes. you started in the church, and and eventually moved on to Mount A. Yeah, and so. Obviously, you know you've released uh, a couple of CDs, I do believe. Yes, and uh, so what took you from the point of you know your vocal training to releasing CDs? Um, well, I guess when I graduated from Mount A, I thought I really want to live in a city. You know, okay. this is so exciting. I want yeah. to live in a city. And, <laughs> and, um, so of course, as, actually, it's a bit of a funny story. Since we're, I, I'm saying, making all kinds of Miramichi references, but I lived with Terry Manderville okay. down. She was doing nursing school then, and she's from uh, Derby. Right. And, uh, well, I guess she's Millerton, <laughs> to be specific. Um, so it's so great to be able to say these things and not just say Miramichi, because when you're away from Miramichi, you just say Miramichi, and people are like, well, so now you can say, okay, I can be specific. Yeah. So anyway, I was living with her. It was my first night in Halifax. I'm like, this is so great. So I'm, I walk out of the apartment building, and someone says, Melanie? <laughs> Melanie Ross? Is that you? I'm like, what? <laughs> it was someone from home. So yeah. I mean, in retrospect, it was kind of nice. But in the beginning, I was like, really? Like, I thought I was, yeah. yeah. So uh, I moved down to... Um, Halifax, and actually, really, when I was at Mount A, I kind of realized that um, I had a lot of performing experience I didn't really think about because there was a lot of people who played music really, really well, but they didn't have that performance experience because the advantage of being with Susan was that I was at seniors' homes and singing all over the place. I was singing, you know, with her, and her, she had her. Um, 
singers in 1984, the Bicentennial Singers. Oh, yes, okay. So that was uh, Shannon and Kathleen, her daughters, yeah. my brother and my sister, Angela and Gordy. I didn't realize they said. <laughs> Alex Baisley yeah. and uh, Shane and Selena, who were her niece and nephew, okay. Butler. So we travel all over the place and sang. So when I went to Mount A, I realized, oh my goodness, I, I have some performing experience too. And I went to Mount A thinking, well, I've always wanted to be a teacher. That's what mm. I'm going to do. And then realized, wow, like I could actually... I could actually be a performer, like people make a living at doing this. Sure. I really love to do it. And, and you know, so I kind of thought of those things. Um, so then I moved down to Halifax uh, and I started to teach at the music stops. So Bedford, uh, Halifax and Dartmouth. And I uh, went to the library and there was a sign up saying, looking for a folk singer for a group. So I took the little you know number as we yes. you know yes and i started in a little folk band and that was the first recording i suppose that i i made with a band i had done a few here on the Merrimache, you know with susan and that sort of thing right. and we made a cassette tape <laughs> yeah <laughs> in the time. same studio as uh, oh goodness um uh, Sarah McLaughlin had recorded it, oh, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. And we had our cassette tape. We're called the Oakfield Times, and so that was sort of the beginning of that. And uh, then when I started, I did dinner theater. I was in bands. I, you know, still sang at church. I sang at two churches actually because I was hired to sing in an Anglican church to do the high mass as the soprano. Oh, jumping! And then uh, I felt a little guilty, so I'd go to Catholic church too. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 what's what's the what's the line in the um, uh, Great Big Sea, something about the guilty Catholic conscience. I use that all the time. It's like, yeah. Well, it's, it's served me well. That's it good. has served me well. It's kept me out of some trouble. So, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to diss that at all. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so then uh, when I was, um, I did this little audition at one point. It was for international um, performing. And I never thought that I'd get it because I'm a singer. I play piano well enough, but my goal is to sing well enough that people are distracted so they don't uh, <laughs> notice I don't play super well. So that's okay. And um, so there's all these panel of people, you know, from Japan and Switzerland and different places in Europe and everything. And, and I sort of cobbled together this this audition and they said so well, when would you be able to start and I said well I'd have to have a couple of months you know to get my repertoire together thinking oh my goodness I don't have a repertoire for this <laughs> and uh, anyway they called me up and said hey can you come in two weeks and I was like ah so then that started a whole other journey of uh, I went to Switzerland and I did a gig there and then I started I was in Asia and I was in Japan um, in um, Korea and China and uh, Thailand and when I was in Japan and um, I was doing my regular gig, which is sort of piano bar, which is awesome because it's every style of music and okay. you don't know what you're going to end up playing. So sure. it's really great. Um, and then after I'd finished, I'd go to this little Irish bar downstairs, a pub downstairs. And okay. someone told me about another Irish bar across town in Tokyo. So then I hooked up with this uh, this recording company, asked me if I would do some recording. So I've, I'm on probably 11 of their compilation CDs over there and three of my own. Wow, really? Yeah. So yeah. I have some Japanese. Uh, I, w I was big in Japan for a while. Is that right? Now, there's something, you know, regardless of what we talk about for the rest of this interview, that's something I never knew that you went to Japan. Yeah, yeah. So the, so uh, I was over there. I went four different times, mm -hmm. uh, two times specifically to do CDs. So they would f fly me over and we'd make a CD and it was on their healing and relaxation um, category. Okay. So sort of uh, they would send sort of 
instrumental tracks and ask me to write words and okay. they take sometimes some classical music so um, the album that I have from there is called Hope and it's their idea of a Christmas album although they don't really do Christmas over there right. so it has everything from Ave Maria to Moon River it, it's a bit of an interesting combination but yeah. I used to get royalty checks it was kind of good because you know early early in the marriage you know you're you're, you're, you're like oh my gosh we need a new fridge and like oh there's a royalty check it's great so uh, so that was really good but they've yeah. they've fallen off now so. is that right oh it's too bad <laughs> yeah, so, you know it's it seems that was so, 20 years ago well it seems so weird that in Japan that they would have Irish bars oh my gosh yeah well in fact I remember one particular festival I did the Tokyo Celtic Festival because I was there and then um, I did another festival that was in this huge department store and they had brought in all these things from Ireland and so they weren't sure like they had this big thing of Bailey's and I, I'm not a big drinker but they said oh would you uh, would, would you like any like they had Guinness and Bailey's and everything okay. so oh we'd like to make you a drink as a sample so they brought me this Bailey's in a full beer mug <laughs> of Bailey's and crushed us I'm like ah, that's not the way you drink that but uh, but anyway so th- yeah it's you have the pockets of people um, who are expats who enjoy that kind of music right. and then you have you know Japanese people who just really like that music and yeah. they you know they're really big fans of 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 that kind of music like Enya and, and uh, Riverdance was really big right. when yes. I was there. Yes, that's right. In fact, I had a f- kind of a funny experience where I, you know how River dancers used to wear like the black tights and the black short skirts and the whatever, like, um, like a colorful top or something. Yeah. So I was walking one night in Tokyo and I had sort of that kind of outfit and someone came up and said, oh, are you from, and Riverdance was in town. They're like, are you from Riverdance? So I had a moment like, I can make this person's day and not tell the truth, or I can just, you know, whatever, let it go. So I'm like, oh, yes. And then they asked me to dance, and I'm like, so I'm dancing on the street. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're such, oh. Anyway, but they were so thrilled. They took their picture with me. I surely hope I don't get sued at some time. But, but anyway, so, so and that was sort of the time when, uh, like, the cores were big. And, right. and uh, there was a few, like, Irish, well, of course, you too, but, um, you know, a few Irish people that were the cranberries and yeah. stuff like that. So. Yeah. It's kind of kind of a neat time, yeah. That was good. That, was, that, that must have been uh, just you know, if you do nothing else, that must have been an amazing experience. Well, the the great thing was I, I traveled the world for free mm-hmm. because I'd get flown where I was playing. I was in Dubai. I was in you know Thailand. I'd get flown there. I would live in the hotel just like a guest. Mm-hmm. I would eat there. I mean, I had restrictions for certain restaurants and things, but yeah. I'd eat there. I'd get my laundry done. I'd live in a hotel room. Like I mean. I was living a very, very yeah. you didn't have, you posh know, life. In a, you know, in addition to your performing, you didn't have to do a whole lot. Uh, no, I mean, I made I made a big effort to do things though because I found like I only performed two or three hours a day. Okay. So I'd go and I might volunteer or okay. go to a school, teach English, or um, you know, I would do something always in the day, and yeah. I always knew that. For me personally, there was a bit of a time limit on that because I wanted to. I wanted to come home. I wanted to have a family. Mm -hmm. I wanted to have a community. And when you are a traveling musician of that kind, you get on a plane and you go somewhere and you don't know anybody. Which, from my personality, you might get that I'm okay with that. (laughs) But eventually, you're sort of like, yeah, I climbed Mount Fuji, but there's no one there that you can share that with. Exactly. Or you know, people only want to hear so much about your about your experiences right you yeah. know so there's yeah. no one you can really share that with so yeah. that's 
that's kind of why at a certain point when I met my husband um, and it, yeah, so I thought, well, this is time to kind of get down to business and have right. a regular life, right? Yep. Yep. And so now I'm a vice principal of a high school. So I oh, wow. taught music, I taught elementary music, then junior high music, then high school music, and then became a vice principal. So, wow. so that's what I do now. That must be challenging. It is, yeah, it is. Um, it's, uh, but you know, I'm, I'm a drama and music teacher, mm-hmm. so I find that kids are just people, mm-hmm. right? right? And people want to be understood. So my approach is probably a little less. Like it's not punitive so much, although yeah. you have to you have to have that firm side. But I think being a musician, being an actor, having the flexibility has a great benefit in my job because yeah. I have to be open to what's going on. I can't approach a situation and be hard because that doesn't work with anybody. No No kid, no adult, nobody. So I think having that that experience as a musician with improvising music or as an actor with improvising and and just with being open to people um, allows me to be, I think, effective in my job in a way that people wouldn't predict. Mm -hmm. I'll put it that way. Because when when I first took that job, um, I had done a master's in leadership and administration or whatever. And then I think people in my school were like, uh, to the principal, because so- someone got ill and I was filling in for them. Right. And they said, you mean Melanie's going to be the vice principal, right? Like, <laughs> what? Because they're seeing me as this happy-go-lucky. I dress up as characters. I'm like, you know, like, la, 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 singing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was a completely different thing. But I think you can bring what you have from that and i think now when people look back they will come to me and they'll say i have to be honest with you i was really shocked but now i'm also really shocked so it's just a, a different different kind of thing but you can bring whatever you have to it because i know you've had several several kinds of jobs and you can bring what you have because we were, we were talking before this interview about all the different things that you have done and how you bring that to what you do yeah exactly like uh, like i mentioned uh for the last five years been you know instructor at uh, mbcc here and uh, i've been able to not only like pull from you know my working experience but i've also been able to pull from radio experience because yes. uh this last spring i taught uh, public speaking yeah. you know yeah, presentation nice. skills and so but and of course which was hard because the the idea of the 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 course is to get up in front of the class and present well yes. everybody was home online yeah so i what i did was i got them to the one of the final projects was to record a news like a good news story yeah. uh, about businesses during you know the covid so i put it together as a podcast oh nice and shared it on our uh, on our college's uh, group page so and that went over very well so it's it's like you say it's great that if you can pull from your personal experiences into what you do and I, it's funny the other day i was saying to to Tammy who works at the district office and payroll yeah. uh she was saying about how many Teachers are coming on board this year because of the the way that they're going to uh, you know structure in class yes. uh, uh, um, schedules, and I said I don't know if I could go from college to school. Yeah, you know because it's one thing teaching adults; it's another thing teaching kids. So yeah. I admire that you're able to do that, and uh, you know offer some, like you say offer something that's just not okay. Yes or no structure black and white. Yes. Do as I say, not do as I do kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I think as as we get older, too, that, that whole flexibility and that understanding of people makes yeah. a big difference, it right? Does. Because I don't think there's any such thing as black and white. I think everything's no. sort of on that spectrum of, 
of black to white, right? Yeah. You know? And, and interestingly enough, one of the courses I did take was, or teach was uh, negotiations. <laughs> so I do, you know, do that a lot. You know, students says, well, I, I you know, I, I'm not able to get the assignment in on that, you know, in that time. It's like, okay, let's negotiate here. Yes. You know, and because really in, in life, that's, you know, what happens. You, yeah. you kind of, you, you try to meet in the middle somewhere and, yes. and hopefully have the best outcome for both. Yes. Yeah. So uh, teaching keeps you busy. Yes, very. And I have two girls, too. And that's very busy, too, a 16-year-old and a 14-year-old. So that was interesting during COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was funny because I I had saved for six years to be on a leave during this time. And one of my goals was to be a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. uh, And I do this little finger thing that I'm doing (laughs) that you can't see on the radio, sort of quotes, because, uh, you know, as you know, everybody was staying at home. Exactly. Um, So that was was interesting. I enjoyed it, I think, more than they did because I was like, oh, we're home together. Yeah. Let's do board games. And like, uh, and yeah. actually it worked for the first little bit. And then after a while, I was like, nobody wanted to do board games <laughs> or watch videos together, yeah. or, you know, but um, but that's that's very busy. I'm hoping, actually speaking of COVID, I, I did do more on Facebook on doing videos and, yes. and, and then I ended up doing... Um, a little uh, couple of shows, like 30-minute shows, which was really enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that maybe I can, even when I go back to work, to do some more of that because I really miss doing the music. Right. I, I, I still do music at church. I still do, um, you know, when someone asks me, I just don't go seeking gigs. I don't right. go looking for things. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, I do, of course, the festivals up here and a few mm-hmm. other little festivals and things. So Basically, you do <clears throat> what what fulfills your yes. enjoyment exactly yeah. exactly yeah. and i do still do seniors homes and all that oh, sort nice. of thing hoping to get in good with yeah. the you know, place where i might go someday <laughs> it's funny when when they were building uh the one in douglastown until you know tammy and i would drive by and it's like oh there's our future home <laughs> <laughs> it's great though like i i love these places now like they've got everything it's pretty swank yeah it's 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 amazing you know what they you know how they construct the build the buildings and and everything is so you know well thought out it's yes. you know it's great so yeah. and god bless those folks that look after our oh seniors. my goodness they're the heroes really oh, yeah. honestly yeah yes, very much so um so what is in the future for melanie well, um, believe it or not, I do have a plan to retire in seven years. So that's uh, that sounds like a, sh- a long time, but it it actually is pretty short. Yeah. So what's really exciting is um, I do plan to move home, and I do plan to um, come back and retire here. And uh, my mom has some, you know, a place in Lower Newcastle, and nice. I'm hoping to you know, get her favor and maybe uh, get a piece of land there and yep. be on the river. And, and that would be my dream to be back here um, to do music, to foster music, to work with the Folk Song Festival mm-hmm. and maybe the Irish Festival, whatever whatever things are here. And like Father Jerry, foster some of that music with the skills that I've I've attained over the years mm-hmm. um, to, you know, support the community because music is a, to me, it's a big community thing. It's a giving thing. It's a gift. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
I know there's many people around here that are doing like you look at David Benell for example. Yeah. Think of think of what he has done over his career, and he's still doing it yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and Kathy up in Blackville, and and you know um, my good friend that I can't think of her name. She teaches music at James M Hill, and uh, Candice um, Candice McRae. Okay, so she teaches music at James M Hill. So there's all these people and people doing awesome drama stuff at MVHS, and yeah. I hear about all these things through my friend Kathy McDonald, who keeps me up to date yes. on all the musicals that they do here so there's lots of people here doing lots of things so certainly you don't need me here in Miramichi but I think that um, whatever I can do when I come back I'd love to do choirs I'd love to do musical theater I'd love to do jazz I just like to bring whatever I've got to make you know well you know and what I've always found is you know like uh here in Napa, and we have our agricultural show. Yeah, I was on the board for about twenty years, and and I just with my schedule, I just couldn't make meetings, couldn't you know go to their work yeah. nights and stuff. But they you know they still ask me for whatever reason to still announce. Yes. and but what is nice is that you know new blood comes in when you know yes. the when the tired folks move on. Yes, and uh, so that you know when you know your plan would probably work perfectly. You know, for you know, some organizations that need new blood. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So and, that's good. And you know, like I find that the job I have now takes a lot of time and a lot of energy as a, as a vice principal of a high school of eight hundred people. Um, you know, kids alone, and then you've got seventy seven staff, and you've got all right. kinds of things, right? So uh, I look forward to the day when I can spend some of that energy just doing music. You know, like, and that's what that's what, to be honest with you, what COVID did for me. Uh, if you have to look at something positive, um, allowed me to start to listen to music again. Yeah. Like I wasn't even listening to music. Yeah. Um, uh, really, I mean, they hear music on the radio as you drive. And of course, exactly. my kids are like, I mean, Drake and uh, oh, <laughs> Post Malone is my favorite. <laughs> the ones where he doesn't have swearing. Like I'm always saying, it gets okay. It's got to be clean if it's playing in my car. <laughs> so, you know, and some of these things. So, I mean, that's, but I mean, I mean, really listening to music that really nourishes me and taking the time, like I learned how to make a playlist. Woo, that wow. was a big deal. Yeah. That's in good. fact, I was doing, um, I, for years, I kept this list on my phone of songs. Every time I'd hear one, I'd think, oh, that's a good one for the girls. I had like a mom's playlist for the girls. <laughs> yeah. So I learned how to make a playlist. That was the first playlist I made. And I think there was like 50 some songs or anyway, it's like a lot. And so I, I was like, this is so easy. I could do this. And I was so proud of myself. And then I went out and I showed them and like, oh, yeah, but you can't share that. So I'm like, what? So anyway, it turned out I could. But anyway, that's so, so now, yeah, I'm all about making playlists because it's like, good. oh, I'll make a John Prime playlist. I'll make a. <laughs> You know, whatever playlist, yeah. you know, so yeah. it's a, uh, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned John Prine that'll make uh, Andrew Donovan very happy. He's a big fan. You know, he's sharing lots of stuff on Facebook, especially since uh, since John I passed. Oh, that was yeah. so sad. Did you see the uh, concert that they did? No, I missed that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I th- it's probably still available though on the Oh Boy whatever. It was live at the okay. time, so yeah. you know, it's it's funny with my. I always catch things later. Yes. You know, if, if there's going to be something live online, I usually don't catch it because yes. chances are I'm doing something else. I find that usually late in the day is the time for me to catch up on things online. Yes. Um, but during the day, it's you know, usually doing other things. But anyway, <laughs> um, so you mentioned uh, your school. Do you want to give them a shout out? Oh, yeah. Prince Andrew High School in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. Woo-hoo. Okay. Yeah. Very so, nice. uh it's uh, in fact, I've been in meetings this week, uh, just talking about safety protocol yeah. and sanitizing things and yeah. how we're going to do things. And 
uh, you know, we're all going to have to pull together. It's going to be a big thing. But I think it's so important because kids have been out of school since March. And especially if we're going to move to an online component, I mean, I guess most people think we're probably going to be in some sort of a lockdown for some period of time. It's really important for kids to build those relationships with their teachers. Mm -hmm. So whatever we do in the first month back is going to be really important um, in having kids go on. I mean, I think a big thing, though, and I have to advocate here for um, internet and basic internet for everybody. It's a right. And that is something that we really, and I know you have election here coming Mm -hmm. up, but this will sort of date this interview, but um, election coming up in New Brunswick. That's something that we have to fight for in the rural areas. Absolutely. Because kids can't learn online if they can't get online. Here, you know, and when, as I mentioned, uh, the spring, so when the college, you know, closed down and we had to teach from home, basically this was my setup here. Yes. And what I, so I, one course, the computerized accounting. Yeah. So what I had to do was I had my computer, I would narrate what I was doing, I could record my screen, and then I would drive out to the college parking lot to connect to the Wi-Fi and upload it to YouTube. That's wow. the best I could do. Wow. You know, so it's, uh, I'm either, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm being convinced to hold off because there's something one company is doing and hopefully it's soon. Yes. Either that or I got to switch to another company that yeah. obviously has better high speed, but yeah. uh, it, it's a challenge. You know, yeah. it's, it's definitely a challenge. And, uh, uh, you know, like you say, with this online component, mm. you know, we need better. Well, I mean, there are some really big advantages that, like you said, you can't catch things at the time, but you can catch them later. So there's a a big advantage to going virtual for a lot of things, like this festival. Mm -hmm. We hit way more people. And I say 10,000. That was only 10,000 hits on the Facebook. I didn't really look to see how many on YouTube, and that's where it was watched. There could have been as many as 40. I don't know, 40,000. So. There is the advantage that you can spread your message, and that's really helpful to musicians these days because it yeah. used to be that whole system where you had to go to the record company and da 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 da. Okay. Um, but there are some advantages to this whole. Everybody has access now, mm-hmm. right? So you can be somebody small and get somebody's ear and move forward, exactly, right? So yeah. it's just a whole new way of thinking. I think the new generation, um, you know, coming up through high school right now and and young people in their twenties. 20s, it, it, there's going to be a lot of doors opening because of this. Mm-hmm. It's just too bad that we have to pay with the community side of being together. Yeah. Like, for example, I was at the uh, Miramichi Folklore Park yep. last night, and it was awesome. Uh, Greg Donovan owns that place yeah. now, and Bernie Colfa okay. did for years of the Heritage Players. Okay, I didn't realize that it yeah. changed hands. Yeah, and they do uh, Thursday night jams. Yeah. And it was so fun. So they have people come up, they have a, they have an awesome house band, and then they have people come up and do sort of like an open mic sort sure. of format. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was really a, really a fun time, and they're, they're doing that on Thursday night. So that's one opportunity to see live music, yeah, uh, because sure. you can be socially distanced in that space. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, just before the pandemic, Pandemic broke out. Uh, Wade Hallahan invited me up to MC uh, a John Prine tribute. Which oh yes, in it February, was just maybe. before he passed away, actually. Yes, and uh, so that was you know a great venue for that. I, Wade's Greg was been talking about that. Yeah, he, Wade invited me up for a few events there, and it's it is a great venue, and Greg does a great job there. Yes. So uh, hats off to those folks. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, you know, the, Melanie, this has been great. Been great to catch up with you. Yeah. You know, we, we had a chat a few years ago briefly at uh, the Irish Festival. Yes. And uh, so it's been uh, nice to uh, catch up with you again. And, yes. And uh, I'm telling you, I'm blown away by the Japan thing. It <laughs> <laughs> is just amazing. Well, you know, it's, it, there's just so many amazing experiences that music has allowed me to have um, that I, I feel really blessed, I guess, is the right word, because Otherwise, I never would have done any of those things and traveled the world. And, you know, um, so music has allowed me to do that in addition to bringing me the joy that it has. Yeah, you know? very nice. Well, thank you very much for stopping into the, the, the broadcast bunker here, as I call it. And, <laughs> and uh, all the best this year at, at school and uh, look forward much. to uh, hopefully seeing you perform uh, next year, either at the yes. Irish Festival or at the Miramichi Folk Song well, Festival. Festivals, I think, will be huge next year. If we mm. can all go to festivals, I think... I'm predicting that there's going to be a blowout of people wanting to go. Either that, they'll decide, hey, I can catch it at home now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. But but next year, we're exploring the idea of doing live streaming at the Folk Song Festival so that if you are from Nebraska, because Mm -hmm. we do have some people listening from Texas and different places in the world, you can still come to our festival, right? And it doesn't have to cost a lot, just a small little bit of, you know, to to cover our live streaming costs and and that sort of thing. Um, So we're looking at... uh, Bigger. Nice. Bigger and better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Melanie Ross Green, thank you very much. Thank you very much, John O'Shea.